I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 130 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have some big news to tell you about. If you've been following me on social media, then you already have heard. My credentials were approved, and First Class Fatherhood will be on the field for Media Day at the Super Bowl in Atlanta, where I am right now in the airport recording this segment of the episode. Uh, it's a very big opportunity for me to bring a little bit of a different flavor to the podcast. I really need to thank my wife a great deal because I threw this on her at the last minute. My credentials were approved a little bit after midnight. I woke up, checked my email, and uh, I had to make some quick decisions here, get a flight, and get down here and make it happen. So uh, she has to work. Two of the boys have wrestling. Uh, one's got chess club. Uh, they all need to be picked up and dropped off, so there's a lot of responsibilities, uh, but she has given me her full support, so I jumped on a flight, and uh, I had to pursue this opportunity. It's a very special one, uh, so a big thank you to Mrs. Lace. So lock it in for a special Super Bowl Sunday podcast where I'm going to play a collaboration of sound bites from the experience that I had down here. You will hear me asking all the NFL players that I could get in front of uh, about fatherhood, how it has affected their life, uh, how it's changed their perspective. So all that is going to come in a special edition of First Class Fatherhood podcast on Super Bowl Sunday. As for today's episode, I have gone international here to bring you one of Australia's top podcasters. Matt Purcell will be here with me in just a minute, so please stick around for the interview. Still to come this week uh, will be veteran and podcaster Pete Turner, actor Brady Smith, and Navy SEAL commander Mark Devine. All right, so thank you guys so much for your support. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And right now, I'm going to smack you to a quick little spot, and I'll be right back on the other side with Matt Purcell. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Today's interview is being brought to you by NFW Watches. Please go over to nfwonline.com and use my promo code FATHER at the checkout. You're going to save 15% off your entire order. You're going to get free shipping inside the United States. And $50 of every order is going to go directly towards Honor Flight, which is helping our World War II veterans. Get over to nfwonline.com. Use the promo code FATHER. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is an author, a speaker, and a fellow podcaster of a show called The Examined Life, which is one of Australia's number one podcasts. That's right. He's joining me today from Australia. It is a big privilege for me to say, Matt Purcell, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, it's great to be on the show. Thanks, Alec. All right, Matt, let's do this here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I've got two daughters, and... The one is 2.8 years old, so she's not quite three. And I've just had a newborn baby not long ago. She's eight weeks old at the moment. Wow, brand new. You still got the rebate tag on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the sleep's been fantastic. Not not really at all, but uh, yeah, she's, she's wonderful. And um, actually, 
last week she started sleeping all night. So she's actually an angel. Well, congratulations on her for sure. Uh, are you going to try for the boy now or are you all done? We're not quite sure. So we had a uh, pretty rough second pregnancy. My wife was classed by the doctors as pretty at risk or high risk um, because she had a placenta abruption for the first baby, actually. So they've said we have to let her uterus and things repair for a long time before we attempt number three. So we've got like we've got like 18 months we're not allowed to have a kid, which is a long time because that's like nearly three years if right. you add up the nine-month period to and falling pregnant. So um, we're still fairly young, so we, we might go for it, but we're, we've been t- we're told uh, to have a break for a bit. Okay, well, best of luck to you and your wife with that. Uh, please, Matt, hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Great. So you you guys wouldn't really know this without seeing a photo of me, but I sound very Australian, but if you look at my hardware, like my body, my face, I'm actually South Korean. <laughs> so I'm actually adopted from South Korea, Alec. And so I don't know my biological parents at all from South Korea. So that makes something pretty unique for me, um, particularly talking about fatherhood and about parenting because I – uh, my Australian parents aren't blood related, but I'm very much like them in every way, which is pretty cool. And I, in Australia, I am an entrepreneur. I've won a couple of awards for doing business and I started out doing uh, session work as a musician. And I think that's been the fundamental kind of starting point of being creative, being able to see how patterns work, being disciplined. And since then I've grown to, I guess, reach thousands of people with speaking and seminars, uh, running my businesses, which reaches hundreds of families with tuition, so life coaching, music, academics, because I just really want to reach people holistically. So I started a business that reaches school children usually, like that's the target market, to meet their academic, creative and social needs. So that's kind of a good starting point. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Matt, how did being adopted kind of play into or affect you when, when you became a father yourself? Well, my adoption didn't really bother me until my Australian parents, unfortunately, separated when I was six. So I experienced that as a, as a, as a child, which every child, I think, responds, uh, you know, has their own types of response to that kind of thing because it just disrupts everything. It disrupts your your routine, it disrupts, uh, particularly if the, the separation isn't done, I guess, um, mutually, because my mum and dad, unfortunately, spoke poorly of each other to me after they separated. So that was something I've learned from and reflected on often, actually, is how the parents talk about each other when they're not around to the kids. And that kind of affected me a lot, thinking back on it, because my, my father would say, oh, your mother's this and your mother's that poor, you know, she's poor form. And my mum would say, yeah, well, your father did this and this is the reason why we separated. And I, at, at one point in my life, I was like, well, you both suck. I don't like any of yous. you. Guys, you guys are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what, Matt, here in America, everybody wants everything to be equal. But when it comes to parenting, uh, that's not the case, especially during a divorce uh, in the court system here where, where the father's default position is generally from under the bus. Is that the same, kind of, is that the same case in Australia? Yeah, you're right. Well, for my, my story reflects, I, I guess, a lot of the Australian vibes as well. We, we're pretty much very similar because, yeah, 
I think it's 60 or 70% of custody, child custody goes straight to the mother. And, and I don't know if the criteria, the criteria needs to be examined again, I think. Um, and my, my dad, obviously, I, I mean, my dad only saw me once a week, which was, and he had to fight for two days a week. And then it turned into two and a half, like kind of like two nights and a, and a half day or something like that. And it was heartbreaking for him. And I work with children all the time um, and families, and it's very much similar. I mean, there are some cases where the father is the, the mother. It's only like I see a very common case where the father gets full custody generally when the mother's not fit to be able to be a good parent. Like, so they've got addictions or they've got a criminal background or they, um, you know, they've got something challenging in their lives that's just putting the children at risk. So, um, yeah, it's very yeah. similar to Australia uh, um, here, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, and another thing I mentioned on the podcast quite a bit here, so I'm kind of curious to hear your take on this. Um, I, I feel that there is an attack in this country on fatherhood and the family life just through our, our pop culture, the way dads are portrayed in movies and on TV. It definitely gives our younger generation uh, the wrong idea of what fatherhood is all about, what family life means. Uh, is there a similar sense of that going on in Australia? Uh, is that what you're seeing? Mm, it is it is something to examine what fatherhood is being betrayed, you know, in media. I think with some cases, I think fathers, whenever you see like a father say in a movie that, you know, they're usually depicted as hard men, you know, working hard, class guys that don't open up, don't have any real emotional attachment to their kids or they struggle to. That's kind of like a poor representation of a lot of, dad's attitudes i think i think there are human issues like human issues are universal for me there's going to be mothers and dads doesn't matter what gender you call yourself it's like you're going to have flaws and you're going to have samples of parents that are just crap they're not going to they don't connect they're not present and um i don't like stereotyping i don't like the stereotype of dads as well i think there is a lot of dads out there like most dads i meet you actually have a conversation and get to know the names of dads that, you know, maybe in separation or just or even just wanting to be there together in the family still. That is that at least the dads want to connect with their kids. And but I don't think we have, like you're saying, like echoing a lot of examples or role models or a model or just in general, like a mode of this is a template or this is like some ideas of how to be a father. Like this is how you connect. Because I think we've lost that. I think we've lost a lot of our community vibes. I think we've isolated ourselves as as a society to think that we can do everything by ourselves so we have our own castles we're not connected a lot to our our in-laws a lot sometimes a lot of families you know like are very much struggling behind closed doors with a lot of issues because as a society we we're um, disbanded from the community we're actually like where whereas back in the times where tribes would always have lots of family around and support it's really hard on parents. It's really hard on fathers. It's really hard on mothers, particularly if you're a single parent too. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. 
Yeah, and the stats are so overwhelming when it comes to fatherless households, a large amount of our incarcerations, teenage pregnancies. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a direct correlation uh, to troubled individuals and growing up without a father in the household. So if we could just really strengthen our family units, celebrate family life, and just get keep more families intact, I think the majority of the problems that we're having in society would really just disappear. Yeah, and I think, it's, uh, I think it reflects also, too, that maybe – Maybe we best. Maybe we flourish best when mum and dad are together, or we're, we're together. That there's there's equal parts that that there are um, essential functions that are missing when you take out, you know, fifty percent of like like or like a parent. You take one parent out of the equation, and it all falls on one. It's. I think that it's if there's going to be a formula for creating great wellness and well being in our kids. I think ideally in a in a perfect world, having mum and dad around or having to ha- having some support around the kids is just so vital. And it's just an objective fact what you said. I mean, it's same for Australia. A lot of, I mean, ninety percent of, I think I think I read a stat that ninety percent of, or eighty percent high percentage of criminals or people in prison come from a fatherless home. So there is a there is a massive connection there with. Um, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of kind of, um, I guess if you look at even a lot of crimes and a lot of why people do things, what hole are they trying to fill? What need are they trying to meet? And I think we all kind of psychologically go around trying to meet our psychological needs because in the areas where we have had deficit from our families, yeah, and backing it up to a point that you made there, children definitely need somebody to nourish and love and somebody to fight and protect. And it really doesn't matter who takes on which role or who plays which role, but um, children definitely need to have that kind of dichotomy in their life so that they can have um, both sides of the coin in a sense. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Well, it just falls on one person, and and, and um, it's just too much of a good thing can kill you. Even. Like, I mean, we can, we, everyone has limits, and... Um, you just see, I see so, I work with so many single parents, uh, a lot of dads, a lot of mums, and they're superheroes, man. Like, I can tell you what, like, I don't know how they do what they do, but the, I, even the the ones that have done really well, they would tell you, they tell me all the time, it's like, man, I wish I had some help. Like, this is, I don't want to work this hard. <laughs> I don't want to have to do, you know, like, it's, it's really hard on them. So, good on them. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right, I called you a little earlier. You were watching Sesame Street with your daughter. My daughter, she's only four, and she loves YouTube already. Is that the same case over in the down under there? Uh, Do the kids as young as four years old, are they absorbing all the YouTube? Yeah, yeah, there's there's kids that aren't even at school that have their own phones. Like, it's uh, it's silly, you know, they get given, like, a hand-me-down iPhone or or Samsung or whatever, and they're on there tapping away, flicking up, flipping the – yeah, it's hilarious – how smart they are, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where, as parents, it's a very it's, it's something we really need to discuss as a society as parents because you you don't give you you don't give a pair of car keys to a kid without them going through some education, you know, there some boundaries, and you and I think the the thing that's lacking with a lot of addictions with young kids is a lack of boundaries, like a lot of parents. Um, there's nothing wrong with showing your kids, um, you know, letting them watch the show, in my opinion. But I think you've got to have uh, restrictions on uh, really clear restrictions and use them as incentives um, as well. Or 
of course, it's just going to be human nature just to want to veg out the whole time. And and then um, you have in this battle then too where kids are, you know, like they, if you take away the thing that they really love the most, they're going to have meltdowns and they're going to melt down in the shopping center. They're going to melt down everywhere you go if you don't have that thing in front of them. So you, get, you create, you're almost like if you don't have a restriction on it, if you don't have any incentive on it, as, use it as an incentive, then you risk um, I guess demonizing that as well, that device, because if you try and take it away, you're taking away their God essentially, and it's not going to look good for you. So I'm going to be a very happy place. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, another challenging thing for parents today, especially, you know, I didn't grow up with all this technology, so there's definitely a little gap there with, with the way uh, all the technology changes constantly. It seems like there's new updates, new devices every week, and it can be, it can be hard to keep up with all of it. Yeah, 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 it's. It is, there's no golden rule for it, but I think I think if there is going to be some type of, uh, I guess, principle behind anything like that you give your kids or yourself even, it's just like having clear expectations and knowing the power of what the potential power that something has when you before you give it to someone. Like that's really important in society. Like we know the potential power that a car has. You know, like if that's why we have boundaries and restrictions around, you know, age and around competency, we should we should think about things like that a little more because with entertainment, we don't kind of see it as the same thing. Like, oh, it's my like we don't think of the potential power. And if your kid's on it and you're not you don't know what they're doing, you're not measuring what you know, Like, if you're thinking about giving someone your kid something, you ought to know what's what the potential power is so that you can measure and manage it. If you can't measure things, you can't manage them. So I think it's really silly for, for a lot of parents that come to me with problems about this area. It's funny that they don't have any restrictions. And, and sometimes, in all fairness to them too, they've gone it's too far down the line in their opinion because it's like, oh, I've let them have it for so long. They're so accustomed to being on it whenever they want. They're th- they're, some have like massive meltdowns where they punch holes through the wall, they throw and break things so they can get their internet back. That's how, that's a potential negative power it can have if you don't have this thing on a leash. Yeah, very well said, Matt. All right, what do you have coming up here and where can my listeners get in touch and uh, find out more about you? Well, um, Alec, I've got a podcast too, which is called The Examined Life. And in Australia, I, I'm actually um, interviewing now, a lot of celebrities in Australia and very successful people in the areas of mental health, business, um, food. It's just a holistic thing. And it's no political agenda. I'm just a curious person, a deep person. And I just ask them where the hell they came from, how they came to be with who they are. And I'm just examining what they do. That's called the Examine Life. And um, my Instagram is Matt Purcell Official. So I do lots of public speaking. I run businesses that help lots of people with coaching as well. So that's and I've got lots of great. Th- I'm, a, I'm a creative at heart too, so I'm, I'm making lots of cool content for businesses. So I've got three to four kind of strings to the bow. Um, so yeah, it's a very exciting year. I look very excited, and I've got lots of time um, to bring my family along the road, which is very important to me. That um, a lot of successful people, I don't know, I see. I see the tendency of sacrificing their family for success. Um, and that's a, it's a really hard thing to do. Um, and I want to make sure that my family come on the road as much as I can. they can. So they're going to come, you know, I'm going to Texas next year to do some college speaking and 
um, going to Europe, and I, they're all going to come with me. So it's going to be good fun. Very cool. All right, I will include that link in the description of this podcast episode. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Matt, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice could you give to that new dad or to that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, advice from the new dad? Well, there's logistical advice. <laughs> but um, now I would say um, I encourage every dad that's, that's a new dad or, or who's thinking about it being a dad to oh, unpack it a little bit to be as responsible person as they can and, and know that the term role model, the, the thing that really is important about that term role model is the word model. Everything that you are and everything that you value is going to be modeled to this kid. And if you're prepping to be a dad or you already are a dad, it's our responsibility to and duty to be able to, um, I guess, model a set of values and a set of disciplines that will make this kid better than what you were and combine with your spouse or if you have a spouse, I, th- I think the goal should be that they, our, our kids should be the better version that of, of the best of, of each spouse. So my kids, I hope they have the, her, the best, the best parts of my wife's nature and the best parts of my nature and, we can nurture those things as much as we can and model that. And surround yourself with community. Don't be like this is a big part to finish with. Don't do it alone. Like seriously, there's a there's a stereotype and a value out there that it's just such a lie from the pit of hell that you know, like it's weak to be emotional. It's weak to be um, you know to to be vocal about your weaknesses. I think it's actually weak if you're not being honest. And as guys, we've got to be honest. And you need to find accountability if it's with a dad, if it's with your dad, or if it's with your spouse, or with a third a professional. If you're in the dumps, like you need to talk about it, or those problems have interest attached to them. So those problems are going to get worse and worse and worse. If you ignore them, the problem just gets like a credit card, just gets more harder and harder to deal with down the long run. And your kids are going to suffer for it. Everyone's going to suffer for it. So kill the monster while it's kill the problem, kill the monster while it's bloody a baby, so it doesn't grow up to be Godzilla and destroy the city. That's what I reckon. Well said. I love the message. Uh, I got to say thank you so much, Matt Purcell, for giving me a few minutes of your time today on First Class Fatherhood. No worries. Thanks for having us, Alec. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Matt Purcell for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Uh, Lock it in tomorrow to First Class Fatherhood. I'm going to have a veteran and fellow podcaster, Pete A. Turner. Thursday, I got actor Brady Smith coming at you. And then Frogman Friday, I'm going to have former Navy SEAL commander, Mark Devine joining me here. And as I said, Sunday, lock it in. I'm going to have a special Super Bowl Sunday podcast with a collaboration of some of the clips and highlights of all the NFL experience that I had interviewing the first-class fathers of the NFL. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.
birds and tails, as tall as the trees, but it's all feeling.